Kenneth Walker for sure. Just too rich for me. Uh, <laughs> oh, I like that's it. The, that's the Cadbury egg, man. Just the Cadbury. It's an overload, right? Like it's yeah. a lot of sugar. That's a lot of sugar. With Easter, you get more chocolate. That's like that's the bottom. That's line. that's a that's a nag though. That's a nag. You want a greater variety. You want some nerds ropes. You want some sour patch kids. You want some watermelon sour patch kids. You want Swedish fish. You want chocolate. I'm just telling you, you with it. let's move on. This segment. Good, I'm concerned man. for both of your guys' in-depth knowledge on the potential <laughs> candy available on these holidays. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a it's not a micro take dave it's a macro take I, i'm picturing like davis going to these you know local youth area you know or, uh, local area youth football practices and going up to all the dads be like are you sure you really want your kid to be a running back yeah, yeah. What? What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Swolecast here on RotorGrinders.com. I'm David Kitchen, joined by Davis Maddock. Davis, say hello. Hello, everyone. How are okay. we? Dave, Dave, do you like my new camera angle? Yeah, it's, it's, I like, I feel like I'm eye level with you, which, uh, you know, that's not been the case at all, ever in our relationship. So uh, I do like it much much better uh we also have peter Overzet on the show pete how's it going i'm doing good i was wondering if you were gonna ask me to say hello like you asked davis to say hello but yeah after uh, davis unprompted. said his hello i'm like <laughs> no when he said how are we you know uh and then we have a special guest with us lord reeves uh reeves he ghosted us last week jj he uh gave a, a lame excuse about his internet not working dog eating his homework uh, but we somehow convinced Reeves to be with us today on the show. And Reeves, I just want to say thank you. Listen, I didn't ghost you guys. Somehow I got caught on a Gilligan's Island three-hour Matt Kelly tour last week. Uh, <laughs> you know, Pete actually texted me, I believe, at 1130 to see if I would come on the show. I didn't even get off that podcast until you guys were done recording. That's how long it was. Uh, so hopefully we don't go three hours. But, you know, I always love to come chat with you guys anytime I get a chance to. No, we're going to well, go three that- hours. I might eat a little bit on the show, though. Uh, this is legit <laughs> mediterranean bowl that uh, was just brought to me are you pumping kyle cannon's bags right now is that is that kava no this is some other mediterranean place i don't know we have uh, this is a lamb bowl but we have this awesome assistant who like we just used to get like just barbecue like every week you know it was just it was just dudes in here now we've got this awesome assistant named danielle she ships t-shirts she like brings in like cultured food every week for us. It's um, I cannot sing her praises enough. So shout out to to Danielle out there. I might have a few bites just because I'm I'm starving and I've been working really hard today. Like meetings all day. Today. Oh yeah, yeah. Davis, I, I nose, like ask Dan. Dan Bach stuff. is in the office. Like I have yeah, been having meetings. You know what? Let's 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 look. If you want to bring Dan in and we can ask him to, you know, check your hourly, uh, you know, itinerary, what you submit, then he's I, been I think on the meetings be... with me. So, anyway, yeah, no, an all hands meeting. I heard, I heard, Better Collective just bought uh, Footbin, Footbin, which I yeah. was telling, I was telling uh, Alex Fear My Turtle, I was telling him that that was my dream job to run to run Footbin. So. I mean, you Davis, know. all you got to do, I, you know that I'm the I'm the guy that makes things happen here. 
Yeah, so, well, everyone sure. knows that. Everyone, everyone knows. <laughs> everyone knows that you're the CEO of Roto Girders. No doubt about it. Tuttle wanted a job. What I do? Got him a job. Um, Fear my turtle and Sean wanted on board. I said, let me talk to some people. We made it happen. So Davis, if you want to run Footbin, uh, you know, I, I'll run it to the top of the chain and see what we come back with. I, yeah. So you rented totally. it to yourself? <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought you I thought you were. No, there's a few the rungs chain. above me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Davis, if you could send me your resume, <laughs> that would be awesome. Like, like what qualifies you to run a major site that gets a ton of traffic? I've probably spent like seventeen thousand dollars on fifa ultimate team in my lifetime if i had to if i had to put a number on it that'd be my guess it's like me and clash of clans um all right let's let's start we're gonna we're gonna talk about running backs in this draft class not fun let's start though with another running back and some breaking news debo samuel reeves <laughs> what's happening right now I mean, I guess like, I, I mean, I don't really know. I'm not in Debo Samuel's camp, but uh, you know, yeah. underneath the, underneath the hood. I mean, I would say that he really wants to be paid. Like a lot of these wide receivers have been paid this off season. He's in the final year of his rookie contract. Uh, no fifth year option is available to him because he was a second round pick. Uh, so I think that the 49ers maybe, uh, you know, want to keep him in the similar role that he had the back half of last year. Debo kind of probably wants to be paid like a wide receiver. Uh, and who knows, like on the behind the scenes, like what's going on, you know, internally with the 49ers, you know, how do people feel about this transition to Trey Lance? How do the people that were in the building last year feel about Trey Lance? Uh, and his ability to play the NFL quarterback. Oh man, what if what if this is really Debo just being like, I don't want to fucking catch passes from this guy. I mean, last you- year it was a very small sample, but he had 23 targets from Trey Lance and uh, 10 were catchable. Uh, so oh, not, man. not great. Uh, that's not, that's not how I wanted that sentence to go. I really wanted that sentence to be 23 targets. was like a 35% target share and, and the 10 catchable targets was the roller coaster down. Obviously Lance had like a microscopic sample last year, but yeah, uh, you know, Debo 43% success rate uh, targeted from Lance 68% from, from Garoppolo. And I wonder if, you know, if, if, you know, internally we've heard nothing positive about Trey Lance at all. Not one, not one thing. No. (laughs) So who knows, but uh, there is, it is a positive for Debo. I think overall, like people forget, like he's an actual like good wide receiver first. I mean, all of his wide receiver metrics, stand out and it's not just yak ability too we saw him fully function as an alpha wide receiver the front half of last year he averaged 10 targets per game over the first eight games of the season at a 31 percent team target share he's averaged over two yards per route run over the, uh, his entire career anytime he's played got an extended run and been able to stay on the field uh he's been absolutely awesome for fantasy football um you know he's had 29 career games where he's played just two-thirds of the snaps in the offense and in those games he's averaged 18 ppr points per game and has had single digit ppr points in just four of those games so he is an actually good wide receiver too people forget just that this the necessity that was placed upon his situation last year kind of drove him into unique usage and i don't know if he really wants to, to be in that role right like who wants to have that many like touches as a wide receiver Does the, he doesn't want to get tackled and he doesn't want to get paid like a running get back. paid by a running back yeah like this mm-hmm. offseason has been the craziest offseason that we've ever had, right? And then, like, a lot of it has to do with wide receivers. Like, do you think they're being divas or, like, this? they're just trying to capitalize on what they have? Because A.J. Brown, same same exact situation as Debo, doesn't have a fifth-year option because he's a second-round pick. 
uh, you know, he's sending it. He just needs to step away from Twitter for a little bit because of all the drama involved there. But uh, Reek, like what are some other situations that cause this to be a crazy offseason, Peter? Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Well, it all Devont- goes back two years ago. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins two years ago set the market uh, basically from his fallout with Bill O'Brien and, you know, getting traded to the Cardinals. And Devontae Adams has since chased that money for two years. The, you know, the annual, it's not like Hopkins was actually, you know, getting, you know, 26 million per year. It was the average. By the time of that money comes to the end, he probably won't get it. But that was where the market was. You know, people keep thinking it was, you know, necessarily Adams. Hopkins was the one that set this a couple of years ago. And everyone has kind of just started to snowball in this year, uh, this offseason. It's all been wide receiver stuff. And it's not going to stop because you have McLaurin. Deontay Johnson is another second rounder from that 2019 class. None of those guys have fifth-year options. They're all looking to cash in in this final year where they're not making a lot of money. Good for them. The funny thing about the the Debo stuff, too, as it pertains to Lance, is Lance's his ADP is just not budged. Like people are drafting him as if there's literally zero Jimmy G risk. What would it take if Debo Samuel came out and said, I do not want to catch footballs from Trey Lance? Would we finally see Trey Lance? <laughs> no. 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 A little? no. Trey Lance, Trey, Lance, Trey, Lance ended, Trey Lance ended last year as a top 12 fantasy quarterback, despite the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo took the first snap in all the preseason games. Like people were just, yep. they were just pot committed. No one cared. He can run. And he's, he's such a good runner that like people yeah. still won't like fully cave. And people will fully buy into, uh, you know, anything Kyle Shanahan led, right? To coax the most ability out of him, even without Debo Samuel. Because they'll still have Kittle, they'll still have IU. You assume if they do trade Debo Samuel, they are getting premium capital in return uh, for him to add another guy too. So I, I mean, I don't think people are really going to fall fall off the ledge on him either. Yeah. What if yeah. Debo is this, gets is traded this the to the Chiefs? Great fit. Great fit, Chiefs. They won't. <laughs> they 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 won't. They won't. Uh, they won't do that. That's not happening. But um, the Jets are probably the most likely team to to have the capital and the cap space for it, and they have the San Francisco connection with Michael Fleur and Robert Sala. But is this the resurgence of Trey Sermon stonks? Is is Trey Sermon? Does Trey Sermon <laughs> no. now actually have a viable a viable chance to be a thing? Because it's just him and Elijah Mitchell left. Uh, I don't believe they have tender Jeff Wilson. Wilson. I don't think they've, I don't think he's on. They the did. He's, he, he, he oh. signed his, he signed to, uh, for one. All year. right. Well then never mind. It's not They're going to add a guy too, for sure. Oh, they're taking Damian Pierce in the fourth round or whatever. Yeah, no doubt. Pierce strong, Rashad white, one of these guys. No, but they're going to like trade a future second to move up four spots to grab yes. him too. Yes. Like we just, well, we had yeah. to get our guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are, why isn't Joe Williams in the USFL? Oh my God. Joe Williams. Never yeah. forget. How were the USFL I, I literally streets? Never will. Peter. Probably From the worst. a DFS perspective, <laughs> just a stone cold disaster. Probably, I mean, probably like what happened. Not have like, been. let people know that maybe we're not in the DFS streets for USFL. Like, yeah, what transpired? So about, too long didn't read. Yeah, you you get do the, the, the too the long thing. didn't read. Okay, number one, um, they accidentally sent out way too many free tickets, and by way too many, I mean twenty thousand plus free tickets. So the <laughs> contest filled. On Friday afternoon, and a lot of people who actually wanted to register and put in a bunch of entries weren't even able to get in. They were shut out. So the contest was comprised of literally 20,000 plus people who had one entry. 
Two, um, on top of it, then when the contest locked for the four-game slate on Saturday, instead of just showing the ownership percentages for who was active in that Saturday night game, they flipped over the percentages for the entire everybody. So you could go through any person's lineup and see their entire full lineup and the full roster percentages. Then their live scoring wasn't working. They didn't have a defensive scoring like figured out for three quarters. <laughs> and then they were, then the games got postponed and they were debating whether to include that as part of the main slate or not. And I think Levitan ended up bowling them into keeping it still on the main slate. So it was just a, an absolute disaster. And you, you forgot the worst part of it, which is that there's only one good team in the league and most of the other teams just wanted to run yeah. the ball. I heard a lot of handoffs uh, were taking place. Some the, team I saw the meme, some team, some team ran the ball 24 straight times. The the New Jersey team ran Jesus the ball. twenty. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, guys, you guys watched all this stuff too, right? I assume. Oh God. I, 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 I did not watch. I did not watch all of it. I, I did. I, I'll, I'll, I did watch some of it. I did not watch oh, all of it. I couldn't okay. do it. Who are the quarterbacks in this league? They have to be ass. They're, they're the Tiamo, Shea yeah. Patterson. And then Tiamo, Tiamo was, is on the only good team. The Tampa Bay bandits are like the only good team. Well, the other thing that's going to be just such a massive headache is most of the teams were employing some kind of committee. You know, yeah. it was like Brian Scott and Tiamo were a couple of the only ones every, who played 100%. <laughs> Uh, six of the eight teams had at least two players with four or more passing attempts. Um, and the other tilting thing, and this was fairly predictable, I think, but most teams had no clear hierarchy for wide receiver targets. It was just like totally random relative to what we expected from before. I think three guys maybe have a target share above 35%, but every team just due to the structure of the contracts and stuff really only has two running backs. And because all these teams want to run so much, it actually means that it, it sets up for these super boring DFS slates where you're rostering three running backs, maybe two guys from the same team and just hoping for like one yard rushing touchdowns. So not great in general, not, not a great DFS product. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I think that, I think that all of these spring leagues really miss out on one key element, which is you have to change the rules or incentivize passing or it's got to be exciting defense. Yeah. It's got to be exciting. No one, no one wants to see 24 straight three yard rushing plays. Yeah. That's bad. More people the at these games. Like if people go uh, to these things on uh, Saturday, they did, but then it was Sunday. It was Easter and it was raining and there was nobody uh, there. Yeah. Uh, and, sad. and the other thing is, is all of these games are played in a central location. So it's like, you literally had to be in the city of Birmingham Alabama to go like it's not like oh you know it's a it's a day out in in Tampa Bay or whatever like let's just go do this drink some cheap beer or whatever it it so the people all went on Saturday and it's not like it's you know Birmingham is they double fine. yeah it's like I'm not spending my whole weekend going to USFL football games so it it seemed poorly thought out in in that regard all right running I'm backs for this year's running back in this year's class um also it seemed pretty bad we're gonna get to those in a second if you would go ahead and like the video subscribe appreciate the people that uh, left comments like our, our our old pal zach duke og man's fan um jordan nick bird willis is awesome super fan there hey willis um message me i'm gonna get you a t-shirt 
I'll get you a uh, Swolecast t-shirt. Yeah. Willis yeah. is the goat commenter. He is. Um, he, he never never leaves a show without a comment. We appreciate you, Willis. So, uh, Peter, I want to take just 30 seconds and uh, you let the people know about the Moonbirds. Oh wow! This you know was, what? This is a this is a Trojan horse for you nope. to talk about Moon. It, no, it, it no, it it's is. not. It is. It's not. Okay. Uh, if you wanted to lead into that, you can. But I think it's. <laughs> I am just. I am. I'm shocked. I'm stunned. You had a single entry into the whitelist. How many people signed up for the whitelist? I know the the chance ended up being you had about a 25 percent chance. Um, to get one. So I think they had like 8,000. So whatever that it, that math ends up being. And then you got one, you paid two and a half ETH, which a lot of uh, money. yeah, you, you, you paid like 7,500 for a pixelated moon bird. And, uh, and then what happened? Like take us through this process. Uh, yeah, that was, I think, Friday. And it felt like a pretty safe mint. I think yeah, most, pe- most people thought it was going to be like a and a half ETH. Yeah, safe. Well, people were like, oh, yeah, this will be 5 ETH, 6 ETH. You'll, you'll double your money on this. I was like, all right, this sounds nice. Um, I'll go for it. Uh, and the floor now is 21 ETH. And it's just been a rocket ship uh, over the weekend. Easter, it was absolutely pumping. And uh, yeah, and then I was on Club Top Shot last night. Uh, everyone, CSU, Jack, NBL trying to tell me to sell. And uh, I'm just sitting here with my bird chilling in my nest. Yeah. I'm telling you also to sell and just get like 20, 30 moon cats and just become mm. a legend. You would become a legend. Uh, Sunday was my anniversary. No, I think it, you should just, uh, it's a really good time to buy top shots right now. I think oh, yeah. <laughs> Sunday was my anniversary. It was Easter. And I have like Mooncat sales bot on Twitter. I have alert notifications turned on because usually it's like <laughs> you have alert notifications yeah. for that bot. Yeah, a lot of humble brags those... in there. No, no, it's, it's no, really it is, not. This is, if this you, is not a if you very knew, it's... from Peter. It's not pretty a humble sad. brag from Dave. Right. Uh, so my my Apple Watch just starts going crazy for the entire Another day. Brag. Yeah, there was like 600, <laughs> 600 sales in 24 hours just because of the Moonbirds. And people are like, well, if Moonbirds go to 28, then the first on-chain uh, generative art project, Mooncats, would, will also go up. So, um, yeah, it was a crazy day for the Moon things. And I uh, can only hope for just continual rocket ship emoji upwards. Appreciate everyone who checked in on me during those crazy times. All right. Enough about historical projects that you want to invest in. Let's move on to running backs that you want to invest in. Nice segue, Dave. Thank you. Reams, you have to pick one. You have to pick one regardless of where they end up. Who is it? Because there are, there are a few options, right? I mean, there's two options. Uh, so it's basically yeah. two and then wide open. But, I mean, I, I would pick Brees Hall. I mean, he doesn't do anything like – like the individual – one individual component of Brees Hall's game isn't the best. Like there's someone better in his draft class than him probably at it. But the whole package together is 
he's the best all around running back in his class. I mean, he's the second youngest running back in his class. He's only going to be a 21 year old rookie. He's got three years of elite production. He's got three years of catching the football out of the backfield uh, production. He's got 20 or more catches since last three seasons. He's also got the size. He's 217 pounds and he's got kind of like the physical profile. Nothing. There's really no like real red flags. Uh, with him so I mean I'm just not going to really overthink it was like Kenneth Walker maybe has like a blemish or two uh, and just stick with Brees Hall at the top yeah Davis why are people ranking Kenneth Walker over Brees Hall opium boredom yeah bored yeah it's it's where like I was just talking to Aiden Winks before we got on and uh, I was like, yeah, Rich and I just spent like seven minutes talking about Greg Dulcich uh, on Monday. <laughs> so we're about we're about ready. We're about done. We're about done doing the prospect thing. Like we're, we're now at the point where people are just arguing uh, and watching Khalil Shakir film. It's like it's like enough already. Like just do just do just do the draft. Like just get it over with. What has happened? The, the to contentious the contentious one. The contentious one is Spiller. Spiller is the one who is contentious where some people are just, they love this guy. And there's just from an analytical perspective, not, not that much to love about him. So the answer to what has happened to running backs is that premium athletes are playing other positions so that they can earn more money in the national football league. Is that your macro take? Wouldn't that take multiple years, you know, cause that would have to start at. Yeah. Like someone like like the youth level and the shot. That I could see take. that happening long-term, but I feel like that would take like 10 years to really play out. It's like when my, my grandpa used to tell me that I should become a long snapper because it's, it's much easier to get into the NFL. Uh, they don't have as many long snappers. Yeah. I, also, you weren't seeing I don't any... buy it either though. I don't buy it either just because from the, the, the monetary stance would seem to make sense, but like people that play sports, like, like want to be good at sports and no one gets to touch the football more than running backs and the quarterback. And That's I think true. playing running back for people is like genuinely fun. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't buy it either because like also all these running backs, like they were good in college. Do you have any examples of running backs that were like really good in college that they were like, I want to switch positions? Like I feel like Jalen Hurd did it like out of he had to when he transferred, but no one else is is really doing that. No, it's just my macro take. <laughs> it's not a it's not a micro take, Dave. It's a macro take. Maybe you read a book and look at the definition of those words. I, I'm picturing like Davis going to these, you know, local youth area, you know, or uh, local area youth football practices and going up to all the dads and being like, Are you sure you really want your kid to be a running back? Yeah. yeah. Why don't why don't you have why don't you tell yeah. him to, to slim yeah. up a little bit and yeah. learn to play cornerback? Yeah. Yeah. All these Line NFL franchises want these big cornerbacks right. now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have uh, an educated take, Rich, on why the running back classes these past few years have been sw- somewhat down? Well, I mean, two years ago, we had arguably the best running back class, like maybe, maybe since like, what, 2008. Yeah. So like that class was really good. You know, just turned, you know, last year was was good at the top. I mean, this year just is very thin. We've got two guys that we know we feel real good about. And then the RB3 can literally be anybody. Everyone kind of has their own like flavor of choice after that. And the draft capital could be just really scattershot. So maybe it's just a down year. We know we have some elite running back still in college. You know, B. John Robinson is still there. Uh, you know, Travion Henderson, we saw him pop up last year for Ohio State. Like, there's legit talent uh, at the running back position that still is coming. It just might be 
kind of one of those, you know, oddball years. But I mean, we've seen that NFL teams are more hesitant to invest in the position, I mean, even in that 2020 class, which objectively was really good on paper. You know, you had Jonathan Taylor, you had J.K. Dobbins, you had DeAndre Swift. I mean, th- those guys all still went in like the top of the second round still, you know, except for Clyde Edwards-Alaire stuck in that last pick. Um, you know, secure that fifth-year option on that running back, Chiefs. You, you got it. Don't. But, come uh, on. Come on. <laughs> We're amongst friends here. Uh, it, now, is it, is it, is it, uh, is it good or bad for my position? Probably bad for my position that four of the running backs in this class are converted linebackers that they were there. They were too slow to play linebackers. So they all moved to running back. Uh, we, we Al, Algier is the big one, but there are multiple guys who converted from linebacker in this class to running back. Well, I mean, linebacker is turning into the running back of the defense, of the right? defense right? So at least you have the fun of holding the ball. Like at least you get to yeah. touch the ball when you're a running back. Yeah. I mean, no teams get to play three linebackers on the field in the NFL anymore. So I mean, your, your, your options are getting thin there. That's true. Hey, I got a, I got a question. Uh, you've got Ramondre Stevenson. Let's say you know what Ramondre Stevenson is. You have to place him in this year's rankings. Like, who would you rather Ooh. have over mm. Ramondre Stevenson in this draft class? Brees and Walker. Just two? That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Rich, yeah. is there a third you'd... Um... Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of guys I like here. He'd be in that mix. Uh, you know, he's more like like with Damian Pierce, maybe in that in that kind of mold of like upside. But yeah, I mean, definitely just the two. That's a, that's what we said. It's just a clear like cutoff. There's a clear tier of two. And then like Spiller is a guy he checks a lot of boxes, but there's a lot of just hope. Like you're just hoping he gets the draft capital. You're hoping he gets the opportunity uh at the next level for a player that just largely just isn't all that inspiring, but is all accounts like baseline good enough if you can just get the opportunity i'm pretty bullish on brian robinson because i think i not that i think he's that good but i think he's going to get drafted in the second round by some dumb team that wants to give him 200 touches and he's he's big and he played at alabama like i just like that's just the type of guy who gets overdrafted for dynasty rookie drafts what is your guys is lean on how it shakes out do you think after the nfl draft everyone is just like yep it's just these two running backs at the top and maybe some values really emerge as these guys get pushed down just because people are macro down on the class or is it the same old story as every year once we see these mm-hmm. landing spots we tell totally. ourselves the best possible scenario and overdraft the hell out of these guys 49ers take someone the chiefs take someone the buccaneers take someone like it like you, you, it's it writes itself um, yeah but 49ers yeah, i think you separate from those other two because people are going to have recency bias based on Trey Sermon last year well what about recency bias on Eli Mitchell's 6th round pick yeah, but Trey Sermon, like everyone was up on Trey Sermon last year, and then they just didn't use him. So well, no, some of us knew he stunk. Some of us <laughs> had zero of him. Some of us, wa- some of us watched him transfer away from Oklahoma because he couldn't beat out a guy who's going to be an undrafted free agent this year. But to Pete's point too, you'll also well the wide receiver class is what's popular in this draft right now. Yeah. But you'll also have some flavors of choice from that wide receiver group fall lower than where people are expecting. Yeah. So once draft capital shakes out, you'll have like kind of a, a little mix up. But yeah, I'm I'm of the opinion that once we get some guys like landing spots and we have kind of the order of some of these guys and and, and landing spot, like you'll see some guys start to climb. Like no one knows. Like what if James Cook is taken in the back of the second round or like right. Samir White's taken? Like you know those types of things uh, are always going to push guys up and 
you know, in fantasy circles, like these guys still matter, uh, especially more like I talked to Davis about it on his podcast about it. Like you're looking at like rookies to make an impact. Like you're still like these running backs, even if they go on day three, are still going to be have a lot more probability than your wide receivers on day three, because it could just be an injury or two that forces these guys to play like a Khalil Herbert last year and Elijah Mitchell, whereas like people are taking like Seth Williams in the third round, like hoping that like he gets to play like th- that stuff doesn't happen. Like there's going to be running backs taken in day three of this class that are going to contribute to dynasty teams immediately a lot more so than these, like these day three wide receivers. Yep. yep. Talking about uh, round two running backs, um, Rich thoughts on Derrick Henry this upcoming year. I mean, listen, I mean, I've been trying to fade Derrick Henry for his entire career. It hasn't. Yeah, I know. I'm, Uh, I'm wondering if this is the year that you get smart (laughs) and uh, you you kind of understand that he is a beast and he has talent. Whatever, whatever, whatever year he finally beats us in his submission is going to be the year that he just totally does. We did take him on a main event team, Davis and I, with Pat Thorman and Evan well, two years ago, and we, it worked out tremendously. We, Silva, Silva pressed that button. It's a big dog. It's got to follow the big dog. He was 100% yeah. right. This is why, uh, you know, you know, Evan continues to eat. Yep, yeah, it's true. So you would put uh, Derrick Henry above Jonathan Taylor this year, Rich? I would not, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate the, appreciate the, the push there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to draft Derrick Henry either. There's just no way. Because, like, now that we're at, like, the point, like, I've conceded that he's a unicorn, but now we're at the point where he's, like, legitimately finally gotten hurt and he's 28 years old, and I'm just, like, I'm not going to just continue to invest that top dollar. Yeah. Freak injury, though. Freak injury when he got hurt. Yeah, fair enough. It's like a – it's not like a soft tissue injury. Like, he had, a like, a bone in his foot. Like, it was like his Achilles heel kind of. But you talk about a guy, he's posting workout videos again. <laughs> Fade him at your I own risk just, for the fourth or fifth straight year. I won't believe any intel until Kitchen bumps into him at uh, like a, a Planet <laughs> Fitness slash Dairy Queen. Can you imagine if there was uh, like a Derrick Henry slash Soccer Day workout that we coordinated? I, I, would, I hope so. Yeah, I would please. Yeah. I would think I would inspire him a little well, bit. What's the point of working for Better Collective if you guys can't pull the strings for content <laughs> yeah. like that? And you're in Nashville. You're, you're literally there. Come on. I know. I've, I've thought about that. I've thought about going to tight end you, you know, when uh, Kittle and Kelsey and, and Olsen have all the tight ends coming down and just see what I could do with uh, with my body and skill set. So, yeah, like we've got to do something. I agree. Because I'm not getting any younger over here. All right. Um, I love it. Running backs. Let's focus on PPR running backs in this year's class. What are some pass catching running backs that you're looking at for rookies, Peter? Well, the hot name now that I just keep hearing mentioned everywhere that I thought was this Uber sleeper, but is Tyler Beatty? Is he the he's in vogue Dude, right now? As the pass catching. Yeah. yeah. Rich, what do you think about Beatty? Uh, yeah, so if you want a satellite back in this class, there's definitely no shortage of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, Beatty was a guy, literally, when you look at just ask, what he was asked to do last year at Missouri in terms of carrying, uh, you know, his collegiate offense compared to this class. I mean, he literally is number one. He had he was second in this class in percent of team carries. He was second in receptions among running backs. He was 
uh, first in total yards from scrimmage, and he also had 43% Missouri touchdowns, which was second in this class. The only thing that like he says when it translates to the NFL, I mean, you have a guy that is 195 pounds, right? And does he get that workload in the NFL? We've seen that just teams in the NFL are just so reluctant to give these guys touches unless it's completely hell bent out of necessity. I mean, even Austin Eckler took him five years to get to the point where he is now. Um, so, I mean, that's where we have like with Beatty and, uh, you know, Kyron Williams and, uh, you know, who's the other kid from Iowa down there that is a, a Tyler Goodson. Uh, yeah, those guys are all kind of in that same bucket where they have intriguing profiles as pass catchers, but they just get enough like NFL touches, uh, you know, immediately out of the box or just a, an NFL coaching staff just archetype them right away. Yeah. Any other pass catchers? I do catchers? like, I do like, I do like Beatty though. I mean, uh, they, they are, they're just kind of all like James Cook. They, they just kind of are all of that archetype, really. Um, well, not all. strong. Well, the Rashad one sneaky White. guy I think is still Damian Pierce. Like, because people see the highlights of Damian Pierce when they watch Just Bomb videos or whatever, and they see him love, like, lose his helmet. Love the Just Bombs videos. And he's like cool. running over dudes without a helmet, but he has like legit like receiving chops. I mean, First of all, like what teams will like is like the dude is like a straight up bully in pass protection. He, he didn't even allow a single pressure in, in, in pass protection last year. And he's 218 pounds, but he's like legit in the passing game. Uh, he was third in this class in yards per route run amongst running backs. He's got really good hands. And then he comes to all like the peripheral rushing stuff. I just don't know what the hell Dan Mullen was doing in Florida last year. This kid just didn't play, but anytime he touched the football, he was like completely electric and like, maybe he's like Alvin Kamara-ish where just like he was on a donkey coaching staff, but didn't know how to use him. I mean, they did but the like... same thing to Kadarius Tony. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's like, a, like he's a 218 pound guy, but he can really, he's really good in the passing game. Yeah. Tony had some discipline yeah. issues as well, but that's also why Mullen's not there in Florida anymore. Uh, staying in the sec though, this guy, they called him Zeus, right? He never really realized his full potential at Georgia because of injuries, Zamir White. But he's a pretty, pretty stout guy, right? Like he's like a touchdown. He's more of a half point PPR guy, is what I'm thinking. More of a FanDuel type play. Peter? Um, I don't know a lot about Zamir White other than I've been taking him a lot in drafts with my thesis <laughs> being I just want to load up on these uh, these cheap uh, rookie running backs. So yeah, I'll, I'll defer to Rich on the on the Zamir White uh, measurables. Well, he, he was an elite five star prospect, but he, you know he's had too too many ACL injuries uh, in college already before getting to the NFL. So I don't know how much that hurts him, but you know you saw him kind of get back to full strength like a combine level. With all his workout stuff really helped him out but he's also like they said you look at it, his career at georgia was always playing with another guy that caught the football out of the backfield and this past year with james cook as well so is that something that carries over the nfl can he catch the football more we don't know but yeah he might be more of like a two down type of guy where you need those those big plays from and interesting about him is even playing at georgia like the, the splash play runs really weren't there for him i mean he was one of the he had one of the highest rates of yards before contact of any running back in his class, but then just didn't have a lot of explosive runs. And that's just, I wonder if teams look at that in unison with the, the knee injuries he's had and just wonder if it's just like that player that was recruited uh, at that five-star caliber just like, isn't, doesn't really exist anymore. So we'll have to see where the capital goes. All right. Before yeah. we, I kind uh... of, I, I kind of like him because I mm -hmm. just view him as a guy that if a team did take him, that's probably, them telling us that that he 
and in a role that's like useful for fantasy for us. Here's a, here's a question for you guys. So outside of these, the top two running backs, obviously all we really care about is volume. Do these guys get a crack at a starting role? Who are the players maybe in the Ramondre Stevenson mold that are just, you're so excited about their talent, their physicality, their explosiveness that you think they might be able to transcend even a, a loaded depth chart. Oh, I'm none of them for me, but uh, there's not a Zach Zenners is sort of what I'm saying, but Brian there Robinson. Is a Zach Zenner. He actually came from the same school. Oh, what's his name? Pierre Strong. Ooh. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I didn't know he was that good of a workout warrior. Yeah. I mean, he, he was, he had a real strong, you know, he had a real strong combine and then he's actually from the same school as a jackrabbit. Uh, wow. No. Okay. All right. Uh, take, take rescinded. But the, the converse of that Pete is Brian Robinson is a guy I'm not excited about as a talent, but a guy who I think very similar to like Damian Harris guy he went to school with uh, or, or even a James Connor maybe is the, is the better example. Like a guy who's really He's productive, pretty big, right? Six, a, two, 225. Like that's oh, yeah. a pretty big running yeah. back. Which is like, it's, it's like the opposite of the Davis Maddock brand. Like he's not an exciting player, but I just, I just very strongly feel at one point in his career, he's getting 250 touches. Let's say Tyler Algier lands in a good spot. Would you be interested in him? People really like that guy. I I don't so much. Well, he didn't have like a great combine as far as uh, like measurables. Right. But he, he, he is a, also like a tank. I mean, he is just a, uh, let's see, he's 5'11", 221. So went to BYU. Rich, do you like, do you like Allegier? JJ, not, JJ likes him. I mean, not, not so much on the surface, but like, like we said, we, even you might not like these guys, these guys still like the Algiers of the world, the Jerome Forbes of the world, the Hassan Haskins of the world. Like these guys still like in your rookie drafts in third round, third and fourth rounds are like more optimal picks than taking these like day three wide receivers that you're still holding a candle for, because all that matters is these guys get, get opportunity. Like, yep. and you've got guys that are big enough to score fantasy points. Like if Algier plays and runs into a situation, like he's going to probably get goal line work. The same thing with like Hassan Haskins, whereas the inverse of some of the guys we talked about earlier, like a Tyler, a Tyler Beatty or a Kyron Williams, like they need multiple doors open to them. Like a team is going to say like, yeah, we're going to draft Algier or Jerome Ford or Brian Robinson because they know that those guys are big enough to carry a workload, you know, and, the, and if they're pressed to give those guys a workload, they'll get it. So, I mean, those guys, even if it's for two weeks on your fantasy roster, it's going to help you more than, you know, what you say, like a Khalil Shakur or like hoping that Justin Ross like can hit if you know he's a hundred yeah, percent round guy. Those guys are just going to impact fantasy games more. And those are the dudes when we talk about DFS and you're the, doing the swole cast, like are going to be like, Hey man, this dude's 4,300 on DraftKings. So like yep. this guy's, you know, 57 on, on don't Android. steal my bit. Don't <laughs> steal my bit, Rich. Um... Yeah, I mean, those are the guys though. We're going to be yeah. talking about some of these guys that people think are just not good talents. We're going to be talking about them during the course of this rookie season. Cause they're going to run into some opportunity that just these late round wide receivers won't. Yeah. I didn't even think talent mattered really for running backs is what I've always been told. So um, it's just about the landing spot. That Not, they're all, is that they're sort all of like a, interchangeable. Yeah, is, for, is that sort of something you agree with or me sort of? Yeah. No, I'm just saying that's what I've been told. Uh, that's why I was told yeah. that Derrick Henry was always just. What, what uh, is your, what is your, what is, what is your research found? My research says that. Uh, <laughs> 
the value is pretty like there's pretty condensed for these running backs, except when you have someone who's six two, six three, ones runs a four three forty and uh <laughs> gets all the opportunities in the goal line. That's what my research says. All right, before the show, we were talking about just how Easter candy way better than Halloween candy. So we're going to do a segment that we do uh, every year called Name That Easter Candy, where you compare This is a This Easter is a candy. bad take, though. This is a bad take. Halloween candy is better because you get a greater variety. No, Davis, you are wrong. You get all the cheapies. In my experience, like, the not good... A, not in my neighborhood, dude. I live in a... I think nice more I Halloween candy gets thrown out than Easter candy. A hundred percent. And with Easter, you get more with Easter, you get more chocolate. That's like, that's the bottom line. That's a, that's a nag though. That's a nag. You want a greater variety. You want some nerds ropes. You want some sour patch kids. You want some watermelon sour patch kids. You want Swedish fish. You want chocolate. I'm just telling you you with, with uh, Halloween, you get like tons of like Jolly Ranchers, like the stuff that just you're throwing away. Uh, like the, just the basic candy anyways. Let's move on. Jolly with this good, I'm concerned man. for both of your guys' in-depth knowledge on the potential candy available <laughs> on these holidays. Well, <laughs> well Pete has no kids. <laughs> I just so, turn off the lights on Halloween and uh, hope no one comes by. <laughs> All right. So no um, children. name the Halloween candy. You gotta you gotta reference a, a running back. Or we could do like any draft prospect, right? Let's just let's just open it up. Who's the peep of this year's draft class? <laughs> oh, Isaiah Spiller. Why, Davis? <laughs> other other people seem to like him, but I can't stomach it. At all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. <laughs> I like it. All right, uh, Rich. Who's the peeps of this year's uh, draft class? Uh, running. I mean, Spiller's a really good answer. Um, yeah. Probably, probably Rashad White. So. Yeah. Well, University why? of Nebraska, Kearney's finest. Uh, I mean, just because, you know, it seems like that, that, you know, no one, no one really likes them as much as the, the public seems that they do. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like it, like it exists, but you can't find his stands anywhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there's multiple angles to go about this. It could be like, you like it, but yeah. only for a certain, like only a certain period of time. Like you, you couldn't do it all the time. So uh, Peter, what's your peeps of this year's draft class? Yeah, I am. Peeps might be my least favorite. Uh, candy. So I'll, I'll go with, with uh, I'll say Kyron Williams, right? Because he was oh, supposed gross. to be yeah, yeah, gross. like that pass catching back. <laughs> maybe you could get excited about. And then what did he run? Like a four, seven. And, uh, and had combine. horrible agility numbers too. Like just F minus across the board. Yeah. Sorry, Kyron. You're my peep of the week. All right. Uh, <laughs> peace peep of the week. Let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to the Cadbury egg of this year's draft class. Rich start us off. Cadbury oh, egg of this year's draft class. Uh, Kenneth Walker for sure. Just too rich for me. Uh, <laughs> oh, I like that's it. The, that's the Cadbury egg, man. Just the Cadbury, it's an overload, right? Like it's yeah. a lot of sugar. That's a lot of sugar. Yeah. Uh Davis. Cadbury egg. Uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Allegier. It's big, it's unwieldy. Uh you're 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 Creamy on the seven year old. Your fifty, your fifty-seven-year-old uncle uh, is really into it because it reminds him of when he was younger, but it doesn't have really any appeal to me. Okay, Peter. 
I'll say, I'll say Brian Robinson. Um, it's decadent. You know, it comes from a strong pedigree, you know, with Alabama. God, I'm just trying to really stretch anything I know about yeah. Brian Robinson here. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, there's question marks about it. You know, is it potentially the best candy? No, but that pedigree gives you hope. And as you could see scenarios where it pans out, where it does really deliver on the promise when you bite into it. Mm-hmm. That's Brian yeah. Robinson for <laughs> yeah. me. My Cadbury. Cat I was going to say, uh, yeah, Zamir, as someone who is like uh, hard on the outside, but you then you get into it, and it's the uh, the structure is 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 not as hard. All right, um, yeah. yeah. So let's do a third one. What should it be? Reese's eggs, nerd rope, sour patch kids. Ooh, there was a nerd jelly bean that was pretty good that I had. Or a nerd Starburst jelly beans are elite, I think. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So let's do, beans, I think, let's do the jelly beans. And you can even name a particular type of flavored jelly bean if uh if you'd like. Davis, start us off. Well, the this is we get into we get into personal preference here. So like yeah. my favorite flavors of uh all jelly related candies is always lemon because it's such a strong flavor. But I used to smoke cigarettes when I was younger. So my scent my flavor profile is much different than most people's because I don't my taste buds are kind of burnt out. So for me, <laughs> the lemon, the lemon, the lemon jelly bean is it's free salt. He's just he just gets the job done. You're never disappointed. It's all good. All right. Peter. Well, I realized that I might even not like jelly beans as much as I dislike peeps. So I scrolled down to the bottom of a ranks <laughs> as far as I could go. And I found the name Abram Smith. So I'll say Abram Smith. A, a, converted, line, a, a converted, converted linebacker. linebacker. <laughs> exactly. All right. It was trash uh, that someone converted into thinking it was candy. Yeah. I mean, go Starburst converting into a jelly bean. All right. Uh, Rich. <laughs> Yeah, I would say probably uh, you know James Cook. You know he's a, he's not a, a full size candy bar, but uh, know, that's what I was power. looking for that angle, the small yet bold <laughs> kind of uh, feel. Yeah, yeah. Plus he comes with like you know people are going to stock that he's just Dalvin Cook's brother unnecessarily for for no reason whatsoever. But uh, that'll that'll get weighed into someone's you know you know some dumbass scouts be like and he's Dalvin's brother. Hundred percent. That's getting thrown. Uh, no, I've never been. I've never been more certain of something in my life. Yeah. Uh, for sure. But yeah, I would go James. Cook. Yeah, the pedigree. It's a bummer there. we didn't get Spiller related to CJ Spiller, and then we could have gotten the double. Oh, I probably, I probably would, show. probably would have been in on him if he was related <laughs> yeah. to CJ Spiller. People, yeah. people, you know, the kids, the, the kids these days do not remember Buffalo Bill CJ Spiller. He was like two hundred and twenty pound Jamal Charles. It was unbelievable. Who's the anyway. workout warrior of this year's running back class? We just covered this, and I found out that it was Gary Strong. strong. <laughs> yeah, it's literally his name. Yeah, okay. he's it he's literally translates to strong boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, on that note, <laughs> let's, good? Uh, let's, let's yeah, let's uh, let's wind this good, up. Dave? Yeah, we're uh, strong. Yeah, man. my Chipotle uh, just got delivered. Actually, there you go. Um, I think. I, yeah, I think. What's I the order? Chipotle What's the Chipotle now? order for you, Pete? I I already know he's a he's a chicken bowl guy. Yeah, white double rice. chicken, double chicken, no beans, white rice. Yeah. No, Pete get Pete gets beans because of the protein. 
Um, so today I did a salad. I had a free guac with it. Guac, I didn't yeah. do rice. I did uh, black beans. I, and they have the new like carne asada, asada? which is pretty uh, good. Meat. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a double of that. And then just I knew all you the, got double meat and stuff. Gosh. Of course. Well, you have to get, Pete, you... Has, Pete has legit burrito takes though, because he went to college in California. Yeah, yeah, I mean California yeah, burritos. Getting his just... burritos. At, but you were uh, in San Diego, right? Well, here's this is an actual issue with Chipotle and why it's easy to not actually get burritos there because they don't mix around the ingredients. So you'll have yeah. like ten straight bites of rice, and it's just a miserable eating experience. At least I, with a bowl, always, you can kind of mix it up. Yeah. I always get the bowl. Yeah, always the bowl. Get the bowl and then make your own. People, people don't, people really missed out when they had brisket. There was like a nine week period where Chipotle had brisket and it was like, obviously not the best brisket you could ever eat, but brisket inside of a Chipotle burrito bowl was like unbelievable. It was peak. And Cava is the Mediterranean uh, Chipotle (laughs) and is also very good. Kitchen, speaking of bowls, do you want to shout out all of our uh, 420, 420 followers. Oh, yeah. 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 I know this is a big holiday for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or never go buy a 420 without recognizing the time that I brought Davis to his first FSTA, really trying to make a mark, trying to be a respectable brand with fantasy insiders. And he wears a bucket hat, a plaid bucket hat with weed socks, uh, with just marijuana leaves on the socks. And um, that's, who he was, who we had representing us. So uh, always. Yeah, I needed to dress nice. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Didn't you ask it? And (laughs) not only that, but you raised your hand to ask a question during one of the uh, Q&A sessions. Was that with Mark Cuban or somebody else? I don't think Cuban was there. It was about uh, what eventually became Showdown. A single game slates. You think think your question kind of... uh, Open the open yeah. I mean, I would be it. I would be surprised if if um, Aguiar wasn't there and just sort yeah. of taking notes on what you know, kind of the you know the prodigy, the brilliant young wonder kid. You know, just sort of what was kind of kind of banging on around in my brain at the time. Yeah, that's why I asked uh, Mark Cuban at the FSTA the following year about WNBA contest. So Levitan Dink. Uh, fear my turtle, you guys should be sending me thank you letters because that also started the wheels in motion there. So, anyways, uh, okay. people tune in for this and to the show for the innovation, the great takes. Uh, that is the swole cast. Rich, tell everyone where they can find you these days. Uh, at Sharp Football Analysis, uh, that's where I have all my work. Uh, do you know Warren season. personally, Rich? Uh, yeah, no. I do. Wow, that guy. He's like famous these days. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot of clout, man. Uh, a lot of a lot of effort. Uh, is being How does he come up with some of these tweets? Are are they all? I his wish own? I knew, man. I don't. Have or does that he kind farm these out? Like, tell us, like, give us a little no, glimpse. Does him. he farm some of these out? I, I mean, I don't believe so, but uh, yeah, his his Twitter game is uh, is pretty yeah. strong for. Uh, and his strongest you know, takes are when he's when he's throwing flames at people. Cause then like they just, they just spread so wild. So I don't uh, have that kind of Twitter energy. I don't yeah, have that. Kind of he is so good at Twitter. It's really, he is. he's really good. Uh, almost There's a few people that are legit good. And I, I the energy you have to dispense to be that good at Twitter. is just not, 
it's just not not yeah. worth my time to be honest you stay being a fan i'll stay being the man that's, right. that's, <laughs> what, I, that's what i always say yeah yeah uh just know i uh, found out last week that if elon musk takes over twitter that davis is no longer could be on twitter so um follow davis at davis matic now or forever hold your peace um i didn't say that something. i just said it's one you of you said you're going to delete twitter if elon no took it over you said it would I finally be the catalyst to get you to delete the hellhole that is twitter.com I said, said maybe. I said maybe. <laughs> I think it it would be really funny to play a game with Davis where you start listing, you know, individuals, hate groups, etc., that could take over Twitter and what it would take for Davis to actually leave this beloved <laughs> app. No, chance. it would be it would be so hard. It would be like um like a let's like not a give examples. Off. No, let's not let's not play this game right now. Westboro. No, no, no just, I was I was just I was we just, just got the like new HR much. person in the office this week, so I don't want. I don't want us to be canceled right away. All right. Uh, final takes. Final takes. Rich, what's your final take before we end the show? I mean, listen, just wait, wait. These guys are going to be – Kitchen's going to talk about six of these running backs no one wants over the course of the NFL season. Yep. And, and then he's going to victory lap the one that hits for the end of eternity. To be hey, fair, you guys last are... year, like, all those dudes hit. Like, uh, maybe last year was more of a recency bias, but I feel like the, the running back pricing, like, all those guys ended up hitting. Like, all these these chalk running backs. I can't even remember a dude that failed last year. Like, Alexander Madison, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, yeah, the, uh, Darius Johnson, like, all these guys smashed. Like, every single time. It did, like, we, we didn't get any hall pass on any of them. It's crazy all the thank you mail I got. All right, uh, Davis. Yeah, kitchen, kitchen, kitchen was sort of like the only guy who knew. Yeah, that Davis. Final thoughts. It's gonna be good. <laughs> do, yeah. you have, do you have final thoughts? Yes or no? Uh, final thoughts. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm really excited for our totally planned and organized schoolcast next week. It's gonna be yeah. obviously coming out the day before the NFL draft, so it's gonna be a big show. Uh, big maybe show. We can, maybe we, we can a live fulfill. show. We should a live show next week. Maybe maybe we can fulfill Dan Bach's request of props, props, props for the NFL draft. That that would make him pretty happy. So I'm pretty top ten prop bets for the NFL draft. Amazing oh. SEO. What Let's is this it. show right now? We're just all eating and just while Rich. <laughs> yeah, I, when y'all started, <laughs> yeah, everyone's eating, but yeah, no, like, I mean, Peter. Final thoughts. What happens? I mean, professional outfit. Final, final thoughts, thoughts Peter. Um. It's always a pleasure having Rich on the show. And I think our listeners might be suffering from some kind of whiplash of actually having, you know, data back. Yeah. Takes yeah. Actionable information on, yeah. on the show. Yeah. So I agree there. Um, Rich, thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you for those that have made it this far. Leave a comment, leave a review on iTunes. And um, we're going to be like Derek Henry, the big dog. We're out of here, but we're going to eat later. <laughs>